0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Welcome back to Inclusive Collective Podcast. I am your co-host, Nadia Butt, and I am joined with Rob Hadley.
0: Hello, Nadia.
1: Rob, it's our last episode of season one.
0: It is. It is sadly sadly uh i i need a break uh, <laughs> mm, for me <laughs> do you need a break for me is that, rob is there a last? Uh, uh, but there there will be future episodes right i think you should yes. make that clear oh am, yeah, am i gonna absolutely. be on season two i didn't i, didn't, I wasn't oh, clear on that
1: i'm not going anywhere without you rob you will be on season two you <laughs> made the cut <laughs> excellent
0: Whew. my tryout yeah. ended
1: yeah, yeah. So, I thought, you know, we I thought just to kind of, I guess, comm- to to wrap up season 1, I could continue with me asking you a question. Okay. So, what is something that you bring with you everywhere and anywhere you go?
0: I bring with me like a physical item? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be like
1: my mind. <laughs> My, my, yeah. My, my executive humor. presence. <laughs> yeah. Executive no. presence, right?
0: That's what you're looking for. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm confused. Like, so like things Anything I like. like a, a,
1: when you leave the house.
0: Yes. Okay. So. What
1: is something that you? Owe? And don't say phone, your phone and your keys. Don't wallet, say Wallet. Sunglasses.
0: Sunglasses. Sunglasses or sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah. Because it is very it's very sunny it's in so Utah. It's so sunny. It's so bright out. Yeah. Within my wallet. I have like this, uh, like uh, this charm that a I think my wife encouraged me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember when we used to have wallets with pictures?
1: Yeah, totally. Oh, that was so
0: fun. Uh, we, well, I guess <laughs> we have those now. It's called my phone. Uh, there's like a little. It's like a little Catholic charm. I think that my wife either like encouraged me to have. And it's like for luck or wealth or something like that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I keep that with me.
1: Oh, that's good. That's bringing you good fortune. I like that.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure it does, but yeah, that's that's the idea. That's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you want to know what I bring everywhere with me?
0: What do you bring everywhere?
1: You're going to (laughs) die. My selfie stick.
0: Your selfie stick. Okay. yeah,
1: I literally I'm like I carry I'm like kind of known amongst my friends to have this like little backpack that I it's like, you know, instead of a purse, I have like a little backpack so I can fit like my water bottle, my wallet, my phone and my selfie stick is in there. And so I'm known in family circles and friend circles to pull out the selfie stick and take a take a selfie or two.
0: Nice. Nice. I had this.
1: Well, I had the original one probably, I don't know, like seven or eight years ago that I upgraded my phone. So I had to get a Bluetooth one. So I've had it for a few years.
0: So the the Brazilian, uh, the Portuguese word for selfie stick is pound your selfie, right? Pa- Sorry? Pound your pound selfie. You. Pound your selfie. And so I have like that. these unusually long arms. And so <laughs> instead of carrying a selfie stick, I'm always yeah. designated like Juliano, my wife, will be like, Rob. Pound your selfie. Pound your selfie. Yeah. You take this. So, like so motion I you hold to it take out. the Yeah, picture. yeah. Use your extremely long arms that to take this picture. So fantastic. I carry one of those too. It's just it, it's appendage to me. Yeah, it's an appendage. Yeah.
1: That's great. Thank you for playing along. So we are at the final episode, and we do not have a, a guest, but we wanted to offer our con reflections. Basically, the last since since the mid since mid season
0: halftime show, yeah.
1: Since the halftime show, and so we were gonna do like a rapid fire kind of like, what are your three takeaways, right? Um, should and, I go first? And and also,
0: neither of us know what the other is going to say. That's the right, important thing.
1: Huge surprise. Yeah,
0: exactly. So. <laughs>
1: So, my very first was I did a lot of thinking around this the difference between reflection and introspection. Okay. And I know we call this section, like we call, we're calling this episode calm reflections, right? Like we do calm reflections, which is kind of this what, what's the word when you join two words conjoined together? Conjoined
0: term. Yes. Oh, when conjoined.
1: you conjoin yeah. terms, we conjoined conversations and reflections. And I was reminded by our guest, Muhammad Anwar, episode 15 that there's actually like a subtle yet distinct difference between reflections and introspection. So reflection is when you think or you write about something or you give something serious thought to something particularly maybe in the past. And in the context of DEIB, so you know diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, it could be reflecting on like a particular behavior or action that maybe you demonstrated in a meeting or an email that was sent with you know not the best tone or or maybe an interaction you had with someone <clears throat> that went sour so you you know so in terms of reflection you you think about it you're giving it some serious thought thus reflection mm-hmm. introspection is kind of the second tier or second layer it's when you're examining your emotions your thoughts and your feelings by asking yourself questions and i think there's a lot of power in doing introspective work when you're talking about diversity, equity and inclusion. Introspection comes after you've reflected and now you're asking yourself some really deep questions. So maybe it's questions that are like, could I have hand could I have handled that meeting differently? How how could my tone have sounded differently in that email? Or how could I have engaged with those colleagues differently? Right. So is, it, so is I, it
0: more is it more focused on actions is the are the questions that you're taking leading to some actions that and, and behavioral changes that you can make.
1: So that is the third piece that we that I think we're like taught we like abstractly have talked about, but I don't think we're, we're putting like a label on it. And I don't entirely I'm not entirely sure what this label is, but it is this point where you've done some reflection. Now you've asked some questions and, you know, some emotional questions, introspective work. And now you're mindful and must make – you're at a point where you have to make some sort of decision or course correct. And oftentimes I think that is like either sharing your reflections, sharing your lessons learned, Mm -hmm. or maybe seeking apologies or seeking – under seeking some more, under seek to understand, right? Mm-hmm, You're seeking mm-hmm. more understanding. So for example, like, do you want to reach back out to those people that you emailed or engaged with and, and offer your reflections? Maybe apologize, you know, if you felt like you did something wrong. Um, so there's this level of humility, I mm. think, built in and accountability to your own actions and behaviors and even mindsets. But I think this takes not only a lot of energy and time but work right right and i think muhammad shared his journey with us and i am certain that for him this was a humbling experience because he was able to share it with us so again that that was my first um takeaway what are your reactions to that
0: i love it i think we should i i think uh i think we should still call our episodes reflections, sure. <laughs> uh, instead of Conversepections, which, yeah. right, which has been on the table. Uh, but I think, no, yeah. I think I, I love that. And I think that the, uh, you know, I think it is, it's almost like it's it's the final step, right? I mean, I think we're always talking about that that's the most important thing is that we're trying to modify behavior. We're trying to, like, what are the things that we can do within organizations in order to create the environment that, is inclusive, and, and that mm-hmm. that always comes with changes in behavior, right? And I think right. that uh, assuming that these behaviors need to be changed, which they most often <laughs> do because we're all right. learning and getting better at these things. So, so I love it. I think that was it was it was really helpful, and um, I, I I love that distinction, and I will definitely pay more attention to it myself.
1: And there's a level. Sorry, there's also yeah. like this level of when I talk about humility, what I mean is really understanding that. You have to let go of being defensive. You have to let go of your ego. And Muhammad talked about that, right? Yeah. And so that's, yeah. Anyways, what was your first one? Yeah, let's so go, good. Let's so go good. to you. Wow, well, that
0: was so good. I think I, I'm going to redo my- I'm Mic to drop. Start over. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that's oh it for uh, yeah, Inclusive Collective. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about role modeling and experimentation. Uh, this came from our conversation with Steve Arntz of Campfire. Right. So he talked about role modeling and some of the intentional things that he was doing to make sure that his employees were taking time off. And Mm -hmm. he told this funny story about how they had a mandatory day off and he secretly worked the entire day. And uh, then he had to admit to his co-founders that he was working. And he said something interesting as I went back and listened about the anxiety from not working, which I think is very Mm. real for founders. Uh, Think about Uh, our founders in the audience, right? So, especially at the earliest stages, there's always something to do. There's massive amounts of work, right? I mean, you started from scratch. Everything has to be done, literally, right? And so, uh, you know, you have these talented people. They're very driven, and they can always be working. And so the question or the conflict is really the amount of work required to start a company hasn't changed, but the expectations from your workers Mm -hmm. has changed, I think, in the last couple of years, especially since the pandemic, in terms of um, in terms of wanting to be in environments that are, you know, that, that are focused on their well-being as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, HBR, and, and the stress has been at an all-time high, right? So HBR reports that in 2021, 67% of workers reported that stress and burnout has increased since the start mm. of the pandemic. So so that tension is just very real, I think, in, a, in the startup environment. Yeah. Um, and so founders and companies are experimenting with all different types of, alternatives to the typical work week and to time off uh and you know and one of the things we, we touched on was the four-day work week i yes. think i think new zealand has actually gone to this i think like i think new oh. zealand you know some of our listeners in new zealand can can let me know if i'm wrong on this but i think that everywhere in new zealand is uh is four-day work week
1: i absolutely uh, love jacinda by the way
0: <laughs> yeah very progressive yeah. um you know, and some companies are doing it in the summer. But, it, but one thing I would say is like, it's not all that it's cracked up to be based on some of the research, right? So logically think about it, like the, the amount of work you're doing doesn't go away. It's just you're cramming it in this, you know, taking the same amount of stuff and cramming it in a smaller box, right? And so mm-hmm. what you get is that workers are not reporting less stress. They're working on their days off, um, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think as a founder, if this is something that you're thinking about doing, uh, if you're trying something along these lines, it's important to role model which is what steve had talked about because right. uh, you, you can't expect your workers to mm-hmm. take that big of a change seriously if you're not doing it yourself of course but then also don't sell it as an answer to <laughs> to their well-being issues or whatever it's like think about it as an experimentation and sell it as such and then make adjustments and then and just be open to the fact that it may not solve all of your problems
1: i okay. love that Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
0: All right, Nadia, next one, number two for you.
1: So speaking of human-centric approach in leading, particularly I want to talk about mentorship versus sponsorship. So you talked about role modeling, which is kind of similar to mentorship and applies in some ways to sponsorship, but... Melissa, if you recall, Melissa Cordo, episode nine, touched Mm -hmm. upon this really crucial element of mentorship. So, you know, getting the right coaching and advice from people that have had maybe previous experience, particularly in your industry, can be really invaluable. I remember her saying um, Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. more eloquently than that, than what I had just said. And then Senna for Mendoza, episode 14, she talked a lot about this, too, and having to like, you know, foster and build trust between you and the person you're providing that coaching with, you know, and if if there's really not trust there, then how receptive are folks to feedback? So, Mm -hmm. you know, we also heard from Rachel Shepard episode 13 and Abed Siddiqui episode 11, where they advocate for mentorship relationships in their accelerator programs. Right. So this idea of seeking guidance, networking, seeking knowledge from someone more experienced is a key element for anyone wanting to develop. So that that's mentorship. Now let's switch to sponsorship. So I am reminded by uh, Steve Arntz again, episode 16 and Priscilla Redmond episode 17. They offered that um, it's this idea of sponsorship is elevating those that are different from you. So if you're in a room and you have power, maybe it's power in your role or power within the company, you, you elevating the voiceless or the underrepresented, that's called that's sponsorship, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is not just making room for them at the table. It's giving them an opportunity to have power be developed to grow. And I, I absolutely love this idea of sponsorship because we all have this responsibility in our own communities and in the workplace if we have any sort of power to really elevate those that don't. That really offers more opportunities professionally, personally, and can help build equity into the system. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm glad you obviously we, several guests have mentioned both of these concepts. I'm just thinking and, and thinking out loud here is it is, you know, obviously sponsorship is is so crucial and probably more rare than mentorship, right? So even companies forever have, have had, hey, let's do a, have a mentorship program and <laughs> here's here's an yeah. hour you get to meet with someone, you know, you know, once every couple of months and you may be like blind introduced to someone and maybe not necessarily have uh, the level of trust necessarily needed to actually sure. create some real value for either of the people in that in that situation, but then I think that uh, sponsorship can just be so much more powerful. And the only thing I would say is the thing that was that was running through my head was I think that sometimes what we see is is sponsorship being directed towards those that look a lot like us. So even <laughs> white women who have you know, jo- join the upper ranks of organizations, um, will pull along or focus on other white women. And so sure. one thing I would just say is that, so it's just, uh, there's an opportunity to be really intentional about bringing people that are not necessarily like you and elevating them and making that sponsorship, right? like Like sponsorship in its best and most interesting and productive form.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. What's your second
0: one? You're not gonna. You're gonna kind of laugh at me. So, my, oh. my second one is. Rob, vent- my I second, laugh at you anyways. <laughs> my second one is venture capital. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what is that? Mean?
1: statement. So I'm
0: talking about <laughs> yeah, venture capital. So I'm combining a lot of guests into that point. You mentioned some of them, obviously, of uh, Barda. Barda. Yeah. Is that right? I think I think the important thing is that he speaks for Joe Biden. Is that that's the that's that's the important (laughs) takeaway. He's gonna kill. Rachel Shepherd of Mars Ventures, Molly Lev of Remarkable US, and Senator Mendoza of Mendoza Ventures. So they're all great, fantastic guests. Thank them so much. They're either VCs or VC adjacent, right? Like in the accelerator Mm -hmm. world. Uh and you know, you think about oh, these people are great and then you look at the V C representation numbers that we've talked about several times. I'm not gonna go into them. Mm-hmm. And you just think, Okay my God, like these don't these things don't add up, right? And so and I you know, these they aren't the only V C people I know. They they're I, I, I and and I've worked with, right? So I I'm think I'm feeling bad because over the we, we paint this caricature that we just beat on throughout this process <laughs> <laughs> of, of venture capitalists, and I think that these are some of the most you know, some of my friends that are in this industry, are some of the most thoughtful, intentional mm-hmm. people, um, obviously the ones that we talk to. And because they're doing and they're developing some really interesting models in order to increase representation, both for venture capitalists and investors and for founders and entrepreneurs as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a ton of interesting innovation in that space itself. And so I wanted to talk about that and think and think about that. And then the thing I, I, I want to dig in as we go into season two is I, I think we would need to talk to more investors and venture capitalists. Um, sure. And I'm really excited to do that because I feel like I need to learn more about that industry and, and why there's such a disconnect bef- between what i see on a, just a just on a day-to-day basis in terms of the folks that i know and the numbers that you see which are just you know uh you know tragic in many ways right, right? so We're- so i just I need to learn more is, is my
1: takeaway <laughs> you know rob i i also just want to call out too i think you know a little bit more about this world than i do and what i've gathered and learned is that i definitely have formed assumptions about not only the startup world, but now venture capitalists. And I because of the numbers and even just hearing some of the stories, right? Like you said, those tragic kind of unfortunate situations that either founders or entrepreneurs have gone through to get funding. But then also just talking to people like Senefer who are really trying to kind of dismantle that system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I want to call out the fact that we even are, I'll, I'll use I statements. I have biases and understand in 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 this world, and I want to learn more so I can untangle that and not create these you know massive gross assumptions about a group of people like venture capitalists or you know. Um, or investors I, I i do know there are great investors out there that are, are looking for good we talked to one of them and so looking to do good make the world a better place and i i do believe there are uh, more people out there that are looking to do it and they may just not have the resources or people available to them but call us <laughs> call <laughs> us if you, if you if you um want to you know do better and be better but awesome yeah i just want to call out that bias yeah I think let's do it let's talk to more yeah. season two
0: let's do it we're, we're going to dig into a little bit more not yes. 19 episodes of it but we're going to no. into a little bit more
1: <laughs> right great right. all right all right last one for uh, you. so my third yeah, yeah. so i want to talk about this concept of dimensions of diversity so I, we were so lucky to have such a broad, diverse group of guests on our podcast for season one. right? We had people um, representing many underrepresented communities and founders who are advocates and allies for more. They're advocates for more representation and better inclusion. And so I want to just touch upon this notion of dimensions of diversity. So, you know, we have said throughout season one and as I have reflected over the course of season one, I, I want to bring back this, uh, I want to bring attention back to it. And more specifically, I want to thank Molly Levitt, mm-hmm. um, episode 12, Great. because the disabilities community is one community that I have much more learning to do around. And after we spoke to her, I went on different websites like Remarkable, where she works, the American Psychological Association. I think I talked, told you about that in our Con Reflections in that episode and learned words that have evolved mm-hmm. and I really encourage others to do more research like insensitive language or how we can better advocate for people living with disabilities. so so that's kind of the first thing. and then you know so getting back to kind of the dimensions of diversity and language I I see this a lot with using um, the term diversity and how it's defined. So at the individual level, I would say that a person in it of it themselves cannot be diverse. Hmm. Right. I think I said this before, but I'm going to reiterate it. They can have a diver. A person can have a diverse background and diverse skill sets and abilities, but a person cannot be a diverse person, mm-hmm. right? They can add to they can add to a diverse team. And and the reason why I'm s- I'm saying this is because one, at the end of the day, everyone has differences. Even you, Rob, you got you have differences. Oh, You're not like you every no single straight white man. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And I think we have to stop using this term or these terms, diverse candidate, Mm. diverse hire. When you use this language, it just continues to perpetuate that the standard or the norm is the straight cisgendered white male.
0: Yep.
1: And. Um, I, I you know I don't want to be known as a diverse candidate or a diverse hire. I'm a human being. I want to you know I, I have different perspectives and I have different capabilities and skills you know so use I really encourage people to start using terms like that they're built that, you know that they're looking for um, a candidate to build a more diverse team or a more diverse group and and if you have kind of a, a hard understanding uh, uh, I'm sorry if you have, a hard time understanding kind of those differences or those dimensions of diversity, I would encourage you to look up Marilyn Loden, her work on the diversity model. It's a great model that outlines kind of how you think about the different dimensions of diversity, what makes us all unique, how we might identify ourselves and the intersectionality of all of that. Um, So, I I, sorry, I feel like I was on my soapbox for a moment, (laughs) but but yeah, I just... Let, you know let's stop grouping people into the social stereotypes again so that's
0: yeah thanks I, I uh yes i really appreciate those two points there that uh so the on the uh disabilities or the people with disabilities front i think i think i mentioned in there that this is something that i have uh you know learned a lot from molly and and, and in subsequent research as well it being an area that I have to educate myself a lot more about. And I had also looked at some of the terms that so many of the common terms in our everyday language that are designed to put people down, but they are based on things that you know they're derived from some sort of derogatory term with regard to, people with disabilities and so mm-hmm. I encourage everyone to take a look at those lists and try to and I um, this is something I you know tons of words in my you know in just our everyday language and, and things that we say that uh, you know that obviously have a, a connotation which we're not necessarily aware of and then so I think it's a great thing to go look at those resources and, and try to think about what you're saying and, and, and what the impact it could have on someone from that uh, community and then I also uh, totally agree on the on the diverse hire diverse candidate diverse person front uh, I was doing a piece of work recently where I was categorizing right sort of doing big piece of data work and data analysis and we were categorizing and, and grouping things into categories and I had just because it was the company was using that diverse hire and so mm-hmm. just um, just as a, a you know a category for for certain things that we were doing and um, you know and so just you know through this through the the work that you and I have done together, the the conversations that we're having, I was like, I was like I can't necessarily I don't really like that categorization, phrase, um, and right. so I don't think that that's something that we, we want to be using going forward. So I'm with you on that one.
1: What's your third? Your your last and final. The last one. Season one. The last yeah. one.
0: Let love yeah. rule. I say. Oh,
1: look right? at that! I have love you ever it. been to yeah. a
0: Lenny Kravitz concert and watched Lenny Kravitz <laughs> sing? let love rule live like no but tell me more because i feel like you experience. have experience okay. Everyone's holding hands, singing together. The whole crowd's, you know, talking about oh, love.
1: Like lighters. In I think the about it
0: So in our conversation with Mohammed Anwar of software, I thought about <laughs> "Let Love Rule" yeah. the whole time, right? Um, yeah. So author of "Love Is a Business Strategy." Read, oh,
1: look at my shirt! Yeah. <laughs> Can you read it wrong? It says
0: "I love inclusion and donuts." Yes, agreed. Agree on Courtesy both counts. Courtesy of my friend Jen. <laughs> um, so there was a couple things. Listening to I listened to Muhammad's episode again and things that are particularly relevant to founders and just want to emphasize as I can, you know, obviously, if you call it love or humility or business, the speed of trust or leadership effectiveness, which is not that interesting or fun of a way to categorize it, or whatever, you know, or inclusion. Right. So Muhammad said that people need to be free to show up and give and receive feedback without repercussion or to be themselves and Mm -hmm. and that's an only that's how you unlock innovation and that's how you unlock efficiency and i think about some of the work that i've done previously and just to drive this home if people don't feel included or to use muhammad's word that there's a genuine interest in them love in in their organization they will not tell you that you have problems they will certainly won't tell you what the problem is uh they won't tell you if you're about to make a mistake or do something that's not going to be impactful or effective, mm-hmm. and the right thing for your company. They will not right. tell you that they have a better idea how to do certain things, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's important for the founder, um, but it's also important for leaders in any company or organization to really listen to what Muhammad's saying there. That inclusion, or in deference to Muhammad, we'll call it, we'll call it love, <laughs> is yeah. it yep. is the unlock, right? So, anyone who thinks that this is soft stuff, in you know. Enjoy not solving problems, right? Enjoy not being innovative. Enjoy, uh, you know, being lapped by your competitors who are who are building inclusive companies, right? So this mm-hmm. is, this is the unlock for innovation and efficiency in organizations. Only your invested and included employees are going to help you solve your biggest problems and and build great products and and yeah. great, great companies going forward.
1: Yeah, I heart that. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. Thank you for sharing that. Cool. Uh,
0: so, you know, one final kind of reflection for you, Nadia. If uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and I think it's important. Uh, you know, in the context of the discussion in the summer, and and we've talked about some of the things that have happened over the summer as well. You know, as we talk about the entire, and we look back at the entire season, and we have talked to some of our guests off, you know, off air. I don't. Know, is it called off air on a podcast? Yeah,
1: offline, off, off offline, air, off podcast Off yeah, the sure.
0: record. We're not really journalists, uh, but <laughs> you know about the impact of the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs, which effectively reversed Roe v.ersus Wade, and mm-hmm. will deny access to abortion care for uh, women in a majority of states. And I just thought that in the context of this show. Uh, You know, as we've spoken to a number of female founders in the last several weeks and we know how difficult it is to start a company as a woman. We know the barriers that women face uh, in business in general, but also certainly in in that entrepreneurial space as well. Um, We know the stats on the low level of investment that women funded companies get. And we've heard from our friends that have joined us, you know, they're particularly knowledgeable in this area, that this decision (laughs) will just make it that much harder. That mm-hmm. all the progress that women have seen, which may not, may, which some may feel is not enough to, to start with, um, mm-hmm. as founders and entrepreneurs and investors, that will be eroded. And in the context of the industry we're discussing, you know, this is a real tragedy, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, of course, nothing to say the per- disproportionate impact that this decision will have on women of color and women of mm-hmm. limited economic need- means. For whom this ruling, I think, will be even more damaging in terms of economic progress. So, um, agree. So that's I. I think it's important to point that out. And you know, obviously, Mm -hmm. if if you don't have any space for this right now, given all the things that have happened, then you know, certainly don't need to comment. But I thought that was important, just in the context of the work that we're doing.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, I'm still processing this decision. Obviously, as you. Probably know just, yeah, speaking to our guests, but also just, you know, speaking to family members, speaking to friends. It impacts definitely Black and POC women far more than anyone else. One in four women in America make this decision in their, you know, it's a, it's a very deeply personal decision for folks. Um, and it's a healthcare decision. So I have less rights today than I did a month ago. And I think every woman is processing that. Additionally, though, it impacts families, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. My, so I have this conversation with my sister, who's a lawyer, does a lot of work kind of in the social good aspect. And, you know, she says that this will affect other rights based on privacy mm-hmm. and that that could include things like birth control, IVF, gay sex and gay marriage. And could very well include things like interracial marriage. So people like my brother and sister-in-law and, and you, Rob.
0: Right. Right.
1: And so... It's just another way of showing who belongs and who doesn't belong. I have other kind of thoughts in term, and maybe we can talk about it in season two as I kind of continue to process. But I, I do have thoughts about this very, to me, very Christian based decision in a country that is not is supposed to separate uh, church and state. And, you know, I identify as Muslim and I, I do feel like these are impeding on my religious freedoms. I also believe in experiencing joy during times of high stress like this, and so to those folks that are you know needing to rest and refuel, do that. But you have we have to keep fighting, we have to keep activating, and so if that means donating to abortion funds, I would encourage you to do that. Volunteer for groups that help protect our rights, like the ACLU or NAACP. Register to vote, like I. I don't I don't know what you do during election election time or even outside election time, Rob, but I write a lot of postcards. Mm-hmm. You know, I help donate to a lot of campaigns, people that I believe in. And then I try to experience joy in between that because we have to fight for the next 50 years to get back kind of the right that we lost.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> I think that's that's a sobering. Well, But that's what we're dealing with, a multiple year effort really to win. Back quality under the law for women, right? And so, but yeah. and so, I think that's the right, that's the right mindset. That it's going to take a, a little bit, um, and that there's a thousand things we can do. Uh, I'm in a state here in Utah, which which uh, had trigger law that went into effect mm-hmm. uh, right uh, this last this past week, and and so I think that um, you know there's going to be a ton of funds that are available. I think obviously recurring donation to Planned Parent is is a, is a very mm-hmm. important and positive step electing representatives that uh, are are, which which should you know should have been a focus for a long time frankly it's one of the things that's really a a gut punch to me to think about the fact that you know 52 percent of white women uh supported Donald Trump in the 2016 election and that is a big part of why we have this decision at this point so so Mm -hmm. I think that you know I think you know, bringing it back to the context of uh, of people leading companies, right? So, you know, one thing that I think the founders are doing right now, uh, you know, so we talk a lot about workplace equality and equity, and mm-hmm. that, really can't, that really cannot exist in a when half and over half of the workforce in our country does not have mm-hmm. equal rights under the law, right? And so I think that right. I encourage all the founders, uh, you know, that, that are men, obviously the women are probably thinking about this right now. think about what type of company they want to have and how you know what kind of company they want to build thinking about how their actions in the next coming months and years will impact over half of the workforce that they have and over half of the workforce that they want and then definitely over over 50 percent of the customers that they want as well so uh, it's it it it, it's uh you you name some of the rights that could also be eroded and so it really impacts almost everyone in a negative way, whether you see it or not at this point or not.
1: Right. Well, we're going to end on that.
0: No, So we're going on a break. We're going on a break. We're coming yes. back. We're coming back in like probably around early September. There'll be more announcements there. Ish. What are we doing? Yeah. What are you looking forward to this summer, the rest of the oh, summer?
1: That is a great question. I um, have a dissertation to write. So I will be spending time um, in a library, writing the dissertation and experiencing joy with some of my, some of my classmates. What will you be doing?
0: I just got back at a 60 plus hour trip back from Brazil. Uh, And so I'm so tired of traveling right now. So I'm just going to try to, I'm just going to hang out in Utah, enjoy, you know, uh, watch the uh, Great Salt Lake dry up from my, you know, from my view here, you know, just, just just try to enjoy uh, being outside and, and get some sunshine.
1: That's great. That's great. Yeah. So we will definitely be back in September, folks. Please stay tuned in the interim. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to other episodes, if you haven't already, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review um, our podcast. We would love to love, love, love to get your uh, feedback and, and your reviews. Um, share with your friends. Uh, if you do have any questions for us, uh, email us at info at Check us out on Instagram at in, um, Inclusive Collective Podcast. All one word. Check us out on LinkedIn. You can follow us there. Uh, Inclusive Collective is produced by Raffilion Media. Thank you to all of our guests for season one. We appreciate you. I'm Nadia Butt. And
0: I'm Rob Hadley.
1: We'll see you next season.
0: Thanks, everyone.